Welcome to The Rep, this is Julie Cortez. On June 4th, 2019, I sat down with Karen Zacharias and Sharifa Ali, playwright and director, respectively, of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival's 2020 production of The Copper Children, a world premiere American Revolutions Commission. So welcome to OSF, Sharifa, and welcome back, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Karen, can you please tell us a bit about this play and its origins, including a bit about its basic plot in your own words? Yes, uh, The Copper Children is uh, a story. uh, Jose Luis Valenzuela, who is the wonderful director of Destiny Desire, he and I were talking and he had just read about this very, very unknown um, court case uh, that happened in 1904 or 5. He goes, I think you should take a look at it. And when I read it, it was just... It hit on so many topics that we're dealing with today, um, and it isn't so far away in the history, and yet um, I was just fascinated by um, the complexity and the theatricality that the story inspired. It's a story about, uh, in, set in 1904 in New York, um, at a time where the main immigrants were Irish, and there was a, a big concern about the Irish children in New York. And so uh, two different orphanages started uh, the idea of sending orphans out to the West without, you know, any, without parents, et cetera, and, and finding farms and places for them to live and work and grow up. And there were some um, hard things about that and some good outcomes with that, but it's a very, very complicated history and it speaks to so many things that are going on today. Um, In 2019, today is, today is 2019, we're here in June, so in this particular time and space. So it's been a really interesting exploration of an American story that still continues to this day. And we were talking earlier a bit about um, some of the elements you see carrying over from Destiny of Desire and another kind of relationship that you see with that play. Yes. So um, the Copper Children and Destiny of Desire are, in a sense, sister plays. Uh, Destiny is the comedy uh, that has subversive undertones. And the Copper Children is is a more serious undertaking uh, that deals with unknown history, but they're both going to have a lot of the same elements, the Brechtian voice, the songs, um, the uh, the wry, subversive um, kind of tone to it. So I find them to be, in, in an ideal world, these two plays would be going on in rep with the same cast doing both plays. Well, then I think that the... Um the idea of them being sister plays is really exciting uh, and uh, them taking different tonal qualities. And this one would probably be the older, wiser activist sister. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So this play is a world premiere. It's still a bit of a work in progress. Um, Can you talk a bit about um, how you both or you each approach writing or directing plays and how that applies to where you are in the process now? Uh, well, I feel very lucky to have uh, a director as imaginative and as collaborative as Sharifa Ali. Um, I think uh, we both have the priority of creating a dynamic ensemble and using all of their strengths in, in different ways. I think we uh, 
as the the script evolves and as the play grows, I think we we both feel like it has like a freight train quality. We know where this play is going, but how we decorate it along the way is the interesting mystery that we will discover together. I'm really excited uh, as a director to work with Karen and to create the perfect conditions uh, for Karen to be creative and to see uh, her writing sort of realized. And um, my goal is to remove any obstacles that get in the way of creative freedom uh, through creating a rehearsal space that is uh, built on the premise of deep listening, of building a strong ensemble, crafting a community uh, where we're unafraid to make bold proposals, uh, to, to learn and to make mistakes. And I think I learned a lot of that from my mentors and many of them have been through uh, the gates of the OSF, including Jane Cox, Emily Knapp, Laurie Woolery. Uh, my practice in, is informed largely by their work. Um, so Sharif, I'm wondering what excites you and what resonates with you personally about this play? I am deeply excited about the opportunity to tell a Brechtian story uh, and the opportunity to, as, as an immigrant born in Kenya, raised in South Africa, as South Africa was emerging out of apartheid, to be able to be here in the U.S. and have access and the right and the responsibility of telling an American story. We're often not, you know, as immigrants regarded with that, with that opportunity. And here, here I am sort of, you know, being able to do that. And that's quite, quite something. You're currently forming an all or mostly immigrant creative team. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. The dream team, as I like to call them, uh, are immigrants or first generation. So we have uh, Avi Aman, our composer sound designer, who is of Turkish lineage. Um, Mariana Sanchez, our set designer, who is from Mexico. Um, and we're in talks with a couple of uh, lighting designers who will also be of uh, Latinx descent. You know, who gets to tell the American story? Who tells the story of immigrants? And so it's a day of the idea of immigrants of today telling the story of immigrants of yesterday. Um, and we're still dealing with so many of the same topics. And, you know, there's, a, there's, there's themes of female agency, there's themes of reproductive rights, there's thing of state rights. There are so many issues that are coming up in this play in a kind of dynamic magical way that we're like, wow, we're still dealing with this today. It's mm -hmm. just cloaked in different in different colors and language. I th and I think the brilliant thing about uh, Karen's writing, having just watched some archival footage of Destiny of Desire, which is still just resonating and remaining with me, is that Karen has the ability to talk about some of this stark and, uh, and, and serious matters of our time and our history while still placing them in a way that they are um, entertaining, uh, that, they, that they're fact, factual and still sort of sensational at the same time. And that's really, really rare and exciting. Yes. Can you talk a bit about how you'd like people to come in and experience this play? You talked earlier a little bit about how much of the history you hope they know versus maybe you want to ex explore after the fact. Uh, you, you know, it's the, the idea of putting a Brechtian frame on this play is 
is great because uh, the actors are going to be able to step out of their characters and give you context. And so in a sense, it's like a, the most, it, it'll be like a, a dynamic uh, train ride through history um, where people have little stop signs like, mm -hmm. wait, you think this is normal? It's not normal, right? Or you think this is, so there, there is this commentary that will be going on. But it, I think it's really important for people to know that the orphan trains were real about uh, between 300,000 to half a million children were shipped out to the West, never to come back to the city that they knew in New York. Many uh, siblings were separated. Some worked as kind of uh, indentured labor on farms, and some were adopted and brought up by wonderful families. So it's it's this this idea that this is a big part of of of, of the United States history, but also uh, of how the West was one, and putting that in quotation marks, and how the idea of immigrant reflux and how the reflux, no, the flux of immigrants just uh, adds to the depth and story of the country. But very, this one particular incident with this one particular um, orphan train, because uh, there, there was thousands of trains that went out, but this one in particular hit a nerve and created a scandal that even brought the president of the United States to chime in with what was happening in the small, small town in Arizona. And the fact that we don't know that, you know, and I mean, it was considered the trial of the century and we have never heard of it mm -hmm. is amazing to me. But we, we have all the newspaper clippings. We're not making this stuff up. <laughs> I would encourage audiences to come with all their assumptions and come with the assumptions that uh, that they think they know about about history, that they think they may perceive, uh, you know, in 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 seeing our names on pieces of paper and allow us to surprise and delight and shock and awe you. That's beautiful. And I like shock. Yes. <laughs> um, Karen, you've described this as a play about children, but not a children's play. Can you talk a bit about that and who the, who, who should come see this show? Uh, I'd like it all my writing for it to be accessible to all of the people who want to come see, uh, see the play. I myself have um, middle school and high school children, and I wrote this play so that they could come see it. But I also wrote it so my neighbors and my parents would come and also be shocked and have conversation to talk about afterwards, but also be kind of, uh, because of the sensational nature of what happened in this town. I mean, you will not believe, you cannot believe what happened. Like you're like, oh my God, they really did that? They did that? And that, that, it, that it built so many, that it created such controversy and so many, so brought out such visceral feelings from so many different people is um, amazing and it's something that I, I would want to share with both my children but my colleagues etc so that we're 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 finding uh uh I think there's a way in for many people of very different backgrounds and ages to come tell the story because it has a kind of magical fable element to it and yet like all fairy tales there's a dark there's a darkness and a truth to it that we can't back away from, that we, it'll, it'll allow people to see it with fresh eyes. Uh, and so I'm really excited for the conversations that are going to be happening in classrooms and in dinner tables afterwards and the amount of people who 
uh, will want to go on the internet and learn more about the story because it's been lying there underground for so long. And it's about mines and copper and all of that. So there's a lot of fun metaphors to play with. Sharifa, do you have anything else you'd like to say to our audience for your first season here at OSF? Only in that I'm, you know, really uh, excited to to be a part of this uh, season. Nataki's inaugural season, and we're all here to sort of uh, work towards uh, creating a massive success. Thank you, Karen. Anything? Any last words for you? Uh, I feel like Oregon Shakespeare Festival is a home for so many artists. It brings together some of the most uh, exciting talent and opportunities. And the idea that the, this large theater is giving this uh, story, it's unearthing the story, and literally we'll see it unearthed on stage, uh, is a tremendous opportunity and it says so much about what it means to be an American in this country and what it means to be an artist in this country and it gives me so much hope. I think this play ultimately is about hope and change and uh, that's what this organization does for me. Mm. Beautifully said. Thank you both so much for talking to me today. Thanks for having See us. See you next season. Thanks, Julie. And that's it today for The Rep. Follow the rest of the series for more exciting interviews on our 2020 season. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at OSF Ashland. <laughs>